John chapter 12. Last week I started talking about fire, and I'm going to talk about uh, fire a little bit uh, today. John chapter 12, verse 37 says, But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. Verse 42, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Lord, be with us today. Open up our hearts and our ears to this word today. Lord, I pray that this word just falls on uh, soil that is ready to receive it. May it take root in our hearts and our life today. May it impact us for days to come. We love you and we thank you. The church said amen. Amen. Um, as we are in the middle, beginning of the 29th anniversary of a surprise from Mother Nature, let me take a walk down memory lane, as many of you will remember, that today marks 29 years since that famous blizzard of 93, since it made its way into our state. And I was looking at some of the things about it uh, this week, and it was described as a large cyclonic storm, and it started in the Gulf of uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, and whenever you research it, it holds, it still holds the title of the second costliest storm in American history. At one moment in its development, it stretched all the way from Canada to Honduras. It had, at some points, it had sustained winds of 100 miles per hour and left some 30 inches of snow in our very City. It was a biblical proportion type of storm. Uh, it left multiple states just debilitated and frozen. And I remember it very well because if you were like myself in my home, I was a kid at the moment, uh, the only source of heat that we had was a wood-burning fireplace in our living room. And I remember it very well because... We lived around that heater, literally. I remember having all the chairs and recliners back in the day piled around this little heater in the middle of the living room because that was the only source of heat. And where we lived, way out in the country, we didn't have uh, power for over two weeks. And I remember living, literally living around that fireplace. And if you know anything about building a fire you know the importance of the wood. You know the importance of uh, the, the structure and the development of the wood that you have. You understand the necessity that it must be dry wood. You understand that if, you ever, if you've ever burnt wood in your house, you understand that there's some wood you keep in your house and there's some wood you leave on the outside. And the wood that you leave, leave on the outside of your house you, didn't just, you don't just leave it out in the weather, no. You, you probably have or had some type of uh, uh, shed, some type of protection around that wood to keep it dry. Because if you know anything about a fire, you know that no matter how hot that flame may be, if the wood is wet, it will not allow 
uh, the fire to grab hold of it and catch it on fire. No matter the intensity of that flame, if the wood is wet, it inhibits its ability to catch on fire. And if you take a moment and look at this story in the natural, there is something that can be applied to our spiritual life because I believe that there are many people, many of us, that want to be on fire. We want to live a life on fire for Christ. However, if our current condition is not ready, if we are not at a state where we can, uh, where we can grab hold of the flame as it gets next to us, we will miss the fire. We will miss the move of the Lord because our wood is just wet. Get this, wet wood represents those people that, that, that are not impacted by the exposure or the access to fire. Wet wood, uh, it, it, it represents the people who can get close to the fire, who can be in the fire, yet never catch on fire. If I'm exposed to fire, if I have access to fire, if I'm around people who are on fire, yet I'm not catching on fire, I have to ask myself, is my wood wet because whenever I was researching this, whenever I was researching a fire and I was looking up, it said, uh, it was talking about how it's impossible uh, to burn a long lasting fire if the wood is wet and it broke it down. It was, it was, it was a scientific study uh, and you may find it kind of boring, but I was looking up wet wood and I was studying wet wood and it said, it's not really wet wood until it's at least 40% wet. The wood cannot burn whenever it gets at least 40 to 60% wet. So the wet wood doesn't mean that it's been fully drenched in water. It just, because it may still have some good tendencies to it. It may still have some good, a good side to it. But there is part of it that has been exposed. But if 40% of that wood is filled with moisture, science says that it loses its ability to catch on fire. So as we look at these facts and we, we apply it to our spiritual walk, we have to ask ourselves, am I saturated? What is inside of me that is saturating, that has exposed me with at least 40% of something inside of me that is keeping me from experiencing the fire of the Holy Spirit? What in my life have I not released to the Lord? What in my life have I not given to him? What in my life am I been holding back that 40%, at least 40% of something in my life that is hindering me from catching on fire? Because understand this, that wood only gets wet when it is exposed, when it is uncovered. Get this, when wood gets wet, it's not the rain that's the problem. When wood gets wet, it's not the rain that's the problem. When wood gets wet, it's the lack of covering that is the problem. It's the lack of protection. And there are so many, even in the church, that are walking around with no protection, no covering. And they are allowing anyone and everything 
thing to be poured on it. And before you know it, we are so wet with things of the world that our fire cannot burn. Everybody is going to experience some rain. Everybody is going to experience a storm. But the rain and the storm is not the problem. The Word says that, guess what? It rains on the just and the unjust. There's some good things that happens to bad people. And there's some bad things uh, that's going to happen to good people. Uh, rain symbolizes blessing, and it also symbolizes burdens. It's going to rain on you at some point. It's going to storm at some point in your journey. No matter who you are, it's going, it's going to rain. You are going to be exposed by some things that will try to extinguish or put out your fire. The question is, do you have a covering? What are you letting cover you? What, what, who is covering you? Because uh, whenever you keep wood outside, a wood shed is usually not the most innovative structure. It, it, it didn't take a rocket science to develop a wood shed. It's usually just some poles and, and a couple of pieces of tin or something like that. It's just a simple structure. But structure kept the wood from getting wet. It was raining all around it, but the structure providing a covering kept it dry and kept it at a place where it was ready to catch on fire whenever it was exposed to it. So are you ready for this? If I don't have structure in my life, I'm going to be exposed to some things that will impact my fire. If I don't have structure in my prayer life, if I don't have structure in reading the word, if I don't have structure in my daily walk, guess what? I'm going to be exposed to some things that that will put out my fire. Stress often comes because a lack of structure. We are often exposed to things that overwhelm us. How? Because a lack of structure. Sometimes we are even exposed to toxic people because there's no structure. And this lack of structure leads us to having no boundaries. Does anyone, does anyone know uh, someone who has no boundaries? They don't know when to stop. They don't know when to stop talking. They don't know when to stop coming to your house. They don't know when to stop coming to your office. They don't know. There is no boundaries. And before you know it, because there is a lack of structure in their life. But if you want the fire to keep burning, you have to have some structure. You have to let God be your shield. You have to be covered in the spirit. Here is another thing when studying the wood. Wood is like a sponge. It has sponge-like qualities. It literally soaks up wood. Another Another reason that wood gets wet is that maybe it wasn't exposed itself but it can get, it can rub up against another piece of wood and it begins to soak up the moisture in it. Have you ever picked up a piece of wood that on the bottom it was beginning to rot but on the top it was just fine or maybe the side that was laying against another piece of wood was beginning to break down but the opposite side it seemed to be just fine and that is what happens to us even in the spirit realm that when Ever you hang around some people, they will begin to cause you to rot. Can I get an amen? They will begin to cause you to deteriorate. They will begin to have cause you to spiritually begin to break 
down inside. And the question for you today is what are you coming in contact with that is ruining your fire potential? Not only what are you coming in contact with, but who are you coming in contact with that is ruining your fire potential? Because you can start your day well and on fire, but all it takes is for you to get around the wrong person and you start to take on their attitude. Have you ever walked into your place of employment on, in, in just a state of joy, but within an hour you were so frustrated and somebody negative came to you and before you know it, you started feeling negative too. And before you know it, you started taking on their bad attitude. Listen, if you want joy, you need to hang around people with joy. If you want to be negative, hang around people that are negative. But listen, if you want some joy, you've got to, you've got to move, move your piece of wood, move yourself, move yourself away from those people because if not, they will start to cause you to deteriorate. It can be great in the morning, but if you hang around those people, you will find yourself quickly becoming like a wet piece of wood. But you've got to make a decision on who you will move away from and who you will move closer to. Amen? You've got to understand that I, that, that, that I need to be around people and you need to be around people that understands where you are going because if you are around people that they do not understand where you're going or, and God's calling on your life, before you know it, they will talk you out of going toward God's will. That is, the devil loves putting confused people in your path that cannot understand where God is trying to do with you because if they can get people People around you that don't understand before you know it, they will talk you out of God's will for your life. That is exactly what the devil wants you to do. And you've got to understand, you've got to be around people that are conditioning you and preparing you to catch on fire. I don't know about you, but I don't need to be around a wet piece of wood. No, I need to be around people that are ready to catch on fire. And so many times we look Look at the people in our life and we say, but but I was I, I, I but I've been friends with him since fourth grade. You, you need to wake up. They are a wet piece of wood on your fire. You don't understand. We were roommates in college. She is a wet piece of wood on your fire. I know she is so good looking, sir, but she is a wet piece of wood on your fire. And, then be, and you know they're gonna say, but what happened to you? You used to do this. You 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 you've changed. Has anybody ever been, you've changed. I don't understand. We used to have fun out here, but now you've changed. Guess what? They are a wet piece of wood on your fire, and you've got to make a decision for yourself. I've got to get to a place where I am living on fire. Get this. Faith comes by hearing. Change comes by applying. Faith comes by hearing. Change comes by applying. You cannot sit in a church service and hear a word and change until you applied it. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. I can bring the greatest pastors and speakers and orators up in here. But until you apply what they're saying, you just leave with goosebumps, unchanged. You leave like you 
came in. We just sung. We were just singing this song. I will not leave like I came. Why? Because I'm, I'm in his presence and I'm applying it to my life. You don't, you, 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 you've got to understand, you've got to be around some people who, 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 who are cultivating that in you. James said, don't be hearers of the word and deceive yourself. Don't just be hearers. Don't just sit on a church pew. Don't just take notes. But you need to be doers of the word. You need to apply it to your life. See, whenever you get in atmospheres of fire, listen, it is so easy to sit back and listen to the word. It's so easy to get caught up in the experience and the knowledge that is flowing. And you begin to think that you are on fire because everybody else around you is on fire. You think you are on fire because your church is on fire. And while the knowledge for, is necessary for change, just because you've got the knowledge doesn't mean you've got the change that's going to lead you to the fire. Amen. And until you apply the word to your life, you will keep leaving church talking about how good it was and still not be on fire. You will leave church talking about, man, he brought it today and you still are not on fire. You will leave talking about that song and you are still not on fire. You will leave with Holy Ghost goosebumps all over you. Woo, that was good. But you are still not on fire. If you want it, you not only have to be around it, but you've got to apply it to your life. Today's text, John 12. There are some people in this text, they could not catch on fire. You ever been around people? Service is great. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just everywhere. And you look around and there's somebody just stand there. They ain't worshiping. And you're just like, how can you stand here? You ever been there? How can you not worship right now? You're like a stick in the mud. You ever, you've been around those people? Am I the only person? Help me out. Thank you. You're like, how, how can you not even, how can you not even be happy in the moment? Like everything is happening. These people right here could not catch on fire in John chapter 12. John chapter 12 is right after John chapter 11. And in John chapter 11, these very same people just watched as one of the greatest miracles of all time, especially one of the greatest miracles in the New Testament happened. They watched it. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. They watched as Jesus made his way into the city. They watched as he was three days late. They watched, they watched him go up to the tomb and call forth, Lazarus, come forth. And they watched this mummy wrapped up in grave clothes. He comes hopping out, all wrapped up, and they watch it, and they still could not catch on fire. They did not hear about it secondhand. They were not like us and reading about it and hearing about it thousands of years later. No. They watched it and they still could not catch on fire. Jesus is walking with these people. He's talking with these people. He's teaching them. He's leading them. He's performing miracles before them. And the word says this, John 12 verse 37, but although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in 
him. They were like a wet piece of wood. They would not catch on fire. Some believed and some rejected him. Some believed in him. Some rejected him. Some were like a seasoned piece of wood and they caught on fire. Others, they were like a wet log laying there and they could not even believe. They could not catch on fire. Get this. They were exposed to the same fire. They saw the same miracles. They heard the same parables. They heard the same sermons. They saw him perform the same miracles. They watched as he turned water into wine. They watched as he called out Lazarus come forth. They saw the same thing. They were exposed to the same fire. But for some, their wood was wet. Sometimes you need to understand this. Sometimes it's not the fire that's the problem. You are the problem. It's so easy to blame the fire. It's so easy to blame the church. It's so easy to blame the pastor. I know people, they've been to 20 different churches because the pastor could not feed them. You need to learn to feed yourself. I'm just not being fed there. Are you feeding yourself throughout the week? That's why you're starving. Because you only get in the Word for about 30 minutes on a Sunday. And you wonder why you're starving. I, I'm not being fed there. I, I'm, not, I'm just not jiving there. I, I'm just, it's just not working out there. And they keep, it, they keep on in this cycle. Some, it's so easy to blame the fire. It's so easy to blame an organization. It's so easy to blame the boss. It's so easy to blame the leader. But sometimes the fire is not the problem. We are the problem because, because if other people are catching on fire, sometimes we've got to ask and say, it may not be the fire. It may be that my wood is wet. Here are three things. I'm closing with this. Three things that will lead to wet wood. These, this right here is three ways to know if your wood is wet. Number one, bad theology. Bad theology will lead to your wood being wet. It will lead to your fire being extinguished. You, you, you will burn for what you really believe in. I use Debbie first service. She loves cats. She burns for her cats. She has a fire for them. I'm like, put the cats in the fire. I'm on the other side. Don't be sending me no letters from the animal agency. Don't you do it. Whatever you believe in, you've got a fire for it. You're passionate about it. Some people, I mean, some people can be passionate about the craziest things. And you're just like, how? I don't care about goats, but like, you're just passionate about them. I don't care about that, but whatever you believe in, whatever you have passion for, you will burn for that thing. There are people that have bad theology, and it puts out their fire. There are people that have a bad 
theology of love. These people get with the wrong people time and time again. They go through relationship after relationship. They will fall in love with anyone that shows them a little bit of tension because, because they had this bad theology that they, that they saw played out in front of them, that, that they learned, that they had bad experiences, and now it's turned into their theology. And often these people will take the art, of, the art and the theology of long-suffering, and they will stay in abusive relationships because that's what love is. It's long-suffering. And they will hang around abusive relationships all in the name of suffering. That's just bad theology. And sometimes, guess what? Sometimes bad theology happens in charismatic circles. Listen, those unique moments miraculous moments just like Jesus standing at the tomb and saying Lazarus come forth those moments those encounters with God are are a part of our spiritual formation but they are not a substitute for spiritual formation we saw it and it formed us but we can't just be like I saw a miracle and depend on that miracle to form the rest of our spirituality and sometimes in charismatic circles, you know those moments in the service where God is revealing himself and he's speaking and miracles. I mean, people getting up out of wheelchairs. I mean, it just, just amazing people being, people being delivered. And it just hits us and it smacks us against the face. And we go home and we write about it in our journal because we never, ever want to forget the moment. But sometimes we can rely on those moments to change us. Sometimes we rely on those moments to gain the fire of everything else in life. And sometimes it's bad theology because if you don't watch it, you'll be in a worship service and you start thinking, this was better last week. Man, I wish we could go back to the good old days. And before you know it, you are standing in the presence of the Lord. And you can't even worship because you are gauging your fire on a previous experience. And before you know it, you become like one of those sticks in the mud. You know those people that live in the past? Don't you just love those people? No, I don't. God was so good back then. Back in the good old days. Have you not read your word? His mercy is new every day. Just when you think you've seen him do everything. There is more in store from the Lord. Yes, the choir was good back then, but guess what? God is doing a new thing today. Yes, yes, the hymn was good back then, but God has released new words for today. And sometimes we can get so caught in that that we get in the presence of the Lord on a Sunday morning and we can't even worship because we are gauging the fire on something that was in our journal 20 years ago. Well, it's not like that. God must not be here. Well, he's not preaching like he did last week. He must have had a rough week. I don't know. I can't even worship to this. And before you know it, you, you, your wood is wet. And you can't even catch on fire because of bad theology. So, so if you don't watch it, you only worship for the moment instead of, instead of expressing love and adoration. So now you aren't even worshiping him for who he is. Now you're worshiping him for the moment that you're feeling. Bad theology. Number two, a thing that can determine if you, if you are ready for the fire, bad thinking. Man, help me out. Bad thinking. Bad thinking. Paul tells us, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can have a new mind without having to get a new one. You can renew your mind 
Paul is saying there, there has to be a rewiring in the way that you think. If you want to live a life on fire, there has to be a rewiring in the way. You, this is not some theology about positive thinking. This is not what that is at all. This is the word. He said you got to transform the way you think because the way you think can hinder your fire. Because whenever you renew your mind, whenever you rewire the way that you think, it begins to lead you out of places. If you can change your way of thinking, your way of thinking can lead you out of bad relationships. It can. Whenever you start thinking better about yourself, it can lead you to people who treat you better better. Can I get an amen? Whenever you start rewiring, renewing your mind, renewing your mind, it can lead you out of depression. It can leave you out of anxiety. It can lead you out of cynicism. And it puts you in a path of faith and in fire. You've got to take every thought captive. A lot of people cannot get in the fire because they are in their mind. Your mind will keep you out of the fire. Things in the spiritual realm don't make sense. And for those people who've got to sit and process everything in their mind, they will process themselves out of a miracle. Have you ever done that? You will process yourself out of giving someone else what God has for them. When God tells you to go speak to that person across Walmart and you've never seen them, they don't look like you, they don't smell like you, they, they, you, you would never even hang out with that person and you sit there and you process and you process. It, it, I've been there. Have you ever been there? I God, no, no, I don't know. I think that word was them over there. I'm going to let that person receive that word. I'm going to go on about my business and before you know it, you have processed and thought your way out of a blessing for somebody else. You've processed it out your mind is a place of warfare. And whenever thoughts come into your mind that are trying to put out your fire, it is warfare. And you've got to war in your mind when you tell yourself, no, I will not think on those things today. No, I will not. No, I will not. I will not go there in my mind today. I will not think about that person. I will not let that lie take root inside of my mind. And this is so difficult at first when you start this process. But as your mind becomes renewed, it becomes like a second nature because when the enemy starts to put things in your mind and you and you are in that process of renewing you will be able to see it you will be anytime he tries to rain on your fire and get you to believe those lies from hell you will automatically be able to say no that is that 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 word is not from heaven that word is straight from hell you'll be able to look at the devil and say not today satan you're not getting in my head you're not going to put out my fire do you want to know if your wood is wet examine your mind. How many lies of the devil did you believe this week? You can't be on fire and live in your mind. Number three. I've said bad theology, bad thinking. And number three, bad thanking. Thinking, now thanking. The inability to see the goodness of God. God could come and smack some of you in the face. You'd be like, that wasn't the Lord. Your inability to see the goodness of God holds you back from stepping into the fire of God. When God is good to you, are you properly understanding it and returning it to him in worship?
in the Old Testament, he told Israel, he said, go build an altar, build a memorial so you will remember this day. You will remember when I, when, when you will remember this day. He kept doing all these things and reminding his people. Why? Because they kept forgetting. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, just write this down, verses 10 through 12. It says, so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, wells that were dug that you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and you are full, number verse 12, beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He kept telling them, don't forget me. Don't forget. You better remember this. You better, Why? Because we are prone to forget. But when you take a moment in the middle of your day and you don't need to see another miracle to thank him, when you get to a place where you don't need to see Lazarus come out of the grave, just to give him some praise. When you get to the place in your life where you don't need lights to praise him, you don't need a microphone, you don't need smoke, you don't need a, you don't need a stage. When you get to the place in your life whenever you don't need people around you to cheer you on just to get you into a place of prayer and worship. When you get to that place where you don't need something big to happen, you don't need an evangelist in front of you, you don't need a prophet in front of you to prophesy you into praise. No, whenever you get to the place where you just say, Lord, I just want you. I just need you and you can begin to all of a sudden, come on, would you just stand upon your feet? It just begins to rekindle a flame. It just begins to start a fire in you. And now before you, when you can get to that place it will be like fire under your feet. It will move you into new places. It will push you into new places. It will cause you to grow. That flame inside of you will begin to spark again. Will you just raise up your hand?